She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 191, part three of a six-part series, How to Create Flow and Focus in Your Business. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Okay, hey friends, welcome back to another episode. We are on part three of a six-part series getting us in gear and excited for the She Did Her Way Summit, which if you guys have not purchased your tickets yet, make sure you head on over to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash summit and you can find out more information about the agenda, who will be speaking, what what they'll be speaking on, and what you can expect for the jam-packed day in Chicago in October on October 21st. So today's podcast solo cast episode is all about how to create flow and focus in your business. And when I was putting together this content, I realized that there are so many things that go into creating flow and focus for your business. And so I'm excited. This isn't a 10 ways or five ways. This is just simply things that I have taken into account and I've also implemented from other people that I've learned from in ways that I know help me stay in flow that ultimately result in focus. So here we go. Flow is about managing your time, your energy, and attention, which results in creating focus. And so one of the things that you can do to help create that flow and that focus is every day identify three things that you want to accomplish for that day. And usually I choose and decide them at night the day before that really help me bring clarity and focus for the next day. And so one of the things when you write these three things down, and this is what I learned over time, is really asking yourself, do these three things like what will move my business forward? Will this one, will this thing move my business forward? Will these three things, if I accomplish these three things by the end of the day, will it move my business forward? Will it help me achieve my goals, my overall goals? So we talked about in a previous solo cast about setting goals for quitting your job. It's also the same concept for setting goals when you're in your business. Will these, if I accomplish these three things, will they help me achieve my goal? And also, will I feel good after I accomplish these goals? We all know that at the end of the day, the difference in feeling when we have accomplished our goals or maybe when we felt like we were being reactive and running around and not knowing exactly what happened for that day. I know that I have those days. I mean, we are human, but the goal is to always strive to get those big three things done for the day so that I can feel good about it and know that my business is moving forward. Another thing that maybe doesn't sound, that wouldn't necessarily be a top of mind when you think about creating flow and focus, but I know one of the things is to eat clean. And so when we can remove as much 
process food from our diet and limit the amount of sugars as possible, especially the added sugar um, because sugar causes you to have increased energy but quickly followed by a crash. You can actually maintain your flow and the, maintain the energy so your energy isn't spiking all over the day. And I know that when I... I don't eat a ton of processed bread, but when I do bring that into my diet and I have it a little bit, um, I can definitely feel the difference and I feel very foggy and a little bit lethargic and so I know I'm not my best self and that is causing me not to be able to produce the best results for my business. Another key thing is also managing caffeine intake and um, noting the effects on your adrenal glands. And so... One of the things that I wasn't aware of, I didn't understand the whole adrenal fatigue until it actually happened to me about a year and a half ago. And at that time, I had been traveling a tremendous amount, back-to-back travels. Uh, it was a really social year. It was a year that I got engaged. There was a lot of weddings. There was a lot of baby showers. So I was traveling constantly on the weekends and I didn't really create any space or any downtime and I was changing time zones and during all of this I was probably socializing a lot more so I was consuming um, more wine than typical. I was combating that with caffeine and coffee so that I can make it through the days and stay alert and awake and so it just became this entire cycle. And so adrenal fatigue is when you put your body under emotional, mental, and physical stress. And what that means and what it results in is that you could have trouble getting out of bed and tend to be tired or in a state of fog and struggle to think clearly. And obviously I'm, I'm no doctor. I'm clearly speaking from my personal experience in which then when I started noticing these symptoms of myself and like even my fiance or now husband at the time, what notice I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I was sleeping for 10 hours. I was so tired. I was never had full peak energy. And so then I reached out to my friend, Stephanie Grutz, who is a high school friend who is also on the podcast. And she is a holistic nurse practitioner. And I started sharing these symptoms with her. And she's like, I think you might have what is called adrenal fatigue. So I started omitting caffeine. I really focused on getting true sleeping cycles as much as I could that were consistent. I then also started saying no a bit more to create buffers, which I'll talk about in a, in a, in a little bit. But as women, it is quite easy to put stress on our body, which then our cortisol level spikes, and then it throws our adrenals out of whack, which also controls our energy system in managing that. So uh, also like de-stressing, so finding ways to de-stress, whether it might be meditation or yoga, and then also, like I said, eating a clean diet and regular sleeping habits. Another way to avoid stress, and what I talked about a little bit before, was creating buffers to avoid stressful situations. One of my favorite books is Essentialism, and in this book, the author talks about creating buffers. And no, I'm not talking about the bowling alley buffers. I'm talking about time buffers and giving yourself realistically enough time to accomplish the things that you need to get done. And also that includes traveling from one place to the other, getting in calls, setting the right expectations. And I actually wrote about this in a previous blog post a few weeks ago. And it is the example of if you think something's going to take you 10 minutes, let's say you're traveling. So in the city of Chicago, sometimes traffic can be unpredictable. If I have a commitment at 5 p.m. and I look at my app and it's telling me that, okay, it's going to take me 10 minutes to get there, instead of leaving at 4.50, 
I then double the time. So instead of it saying 10 minutes to get there, I then take 10 minutes times two and give myself 20 minutes to get there. Because I know that as someone, when I am rushing from one thing to the next, I tend, my energy tends to show up as if I'm being as if I'm frazzled, which I am at that time. And I just know that when I can force myself into the place of creating buffers and the rule of thumb again is either timesing it at least by one and a half. So in that case, if it's 10 minutes, I could do one and a half and making it 15 minutes. But I found over time that I'm way less stressed out when I have, when I double it and I give myself twice the amount of time. Now, we, Mike and I, used to take dance lessons right on the outskirts of the city on Sunday nights for our wedding. And typically it would take 25 minutes, usually. Now, what had happened is a few times, I wouldn't necessarily give ourselves 25 times two, so 50 minutes. I wouldn't say 50 minutes, but I would give an extra 10 to 15 minutes on top of that buffer. And it actually worked out really great because one time as we were driving out there, traffic slowed down because there was an accident that you couldn't predict. And so it just, it really helps keep things on schedule and allows you to not be stressed out about running late for a call or a meeting or getting somewhere that you need to get to. Uh, I also found that in the beginning when I started creating buffers, I, I was just so unrealistic and I didn't want to admit that. Like I thought, oh, I can get from point A to point B in 10 minutes. It's fine. I'm trying to be efficient. But then again, what really happened is I would arrive late to the meeting. Even if it's five minutes late, I'm making the other person that I'm supposed to meet with late, uh, like behind. And I just felt like I was disrespecting his or her time. And I would just show up in a frazzle and it was I didn't create the space to really transition from one thing to the next. So creating buffers is a really great way to um, decrease stress. And also the book is Essentialism. And so you should check it out for sure. Okay. Another one is avoid checking email right away when you wake up. Now, I don't, I'll be honest, and I don't do this all the time. Sometimes uh, there are days when I just get up and I know that I can hammer out email because it's really early in the morning and I want to get a few things done. And maybe that day that I do that is not scheduled for content creation. So I'm not necessarily needing to bring in the creative space. But what happens when we do check email in the morning, or at least for me, is that then I get into this email suck of constantly answering emails and I become in very much a reactive mode versus going back to accomplishing the big three things that I had that I needed to get done for that day. And so it takes a lot of energy and then you just don't have any creative energy left to get those things done. Uh, Tim Ferriss actually has a really great solo cast about this as well, talking about energy zapping. So for example, one of the, the reasons that maybe Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg and whoever else who has this uniform and it's a black turtleneck and jeans that they wear every single day is because guess what? You don't have to think about it. So Tim says in the morning, if you think of your every day you get up and you have a hundred watts or a hundred units of energy. And every time you make a decision, you have to use more of that energy. And every time that you do an activity, you use more of that energy. So how can we eliminate the decisions that we have to make? And how can we eliminate the time sucks that really take away from us being able to accomplish the things at the end of the day. So maybe in the morning, like eating the same thing or knowing the morning or the night before exactly like creating the big three 
well, if you do that the night before, then you don't have to spend energy thinking about it the day of. If you figure out what you're going to wear the next day or put on, or if you wear yoga pants every day or you wear the same jeans every day, I tend to cycle between a two pairs of jeans or yoga pants and I tend to wear the same sweaters and shirts over and over again because quite frankly, unless I'm going out and about or meeting people, I really don't want to think about what I'm going to wear and I just want to dive in and get to work. So again, thinking of your day as you waking up and having a hundred units and try this out. Think about what are the decisions that you are making every single day and can some of those decisions just be automated so that you don't have to spend time thinking about them and then also realizing throughout the day where are where's your energy being zapped the most and how can you conserve it and hold on to it and use your energy for the things that are going to move your business forward. And so the next thing too is attention and focus they are muscles. So the more you practice them in the right way, the better they will serve you. So being able to maintain focus is, again, like exercising a muscle. If every five to 10 minutes we're being distracted by our cell phone, um, we're actually conditioning our muscle to hold attention space for that short five to 10 minutes, similar to practicing meditation. In the beginning, we may only start out by practicing for five minutes, but we can build that muscle over time and go from five minutes to 10 minutes and 10 minutes to 15 minutes. So really being able to limit distractions and doing things such as putting your cell phone on airplane mode, keeping a clean desk, shutting down email, closing all tabs when you're in the space of accomplishing your big tasks for that day or creating content and really finding that space that you can be totally totally 100% focused. Now, in the beginning, you might find yourself wanting to easily find an outlet or be distracted or go on social media because it's just habitually what you do, but really fighting through that urge to do that and really practice that muscle of staying focused and so that over time, your attention span is going to get much larger and you're going to be able to stay focused for a longer period of time. Another thing is to be aware of time leaks. So starting to purge the items on your to-do list that don't produce the results and starting to outsource tasks that don't need to be done by you. And one of the things like when I started outsourcing my tasks, it was, it was a bit overwhelming because I didn't know where to start, how to do it, what to do it. And I got, I learned the best advice through Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger podcast was that Um, In the beginning, don't even think about who you're going to outsource it to, but really think about the tasks that you want to outsource. And then this was the really big key thing that I took away is record yourself on your computer so you can do screen flow, which I believe is like $100 for an entire year. Um, I kind of hack it right now. I do quick time play on my laptop and then I, that only records the video, but then I overlay the audio and then I combine the two files. So it's just a hack that I've done and it's working out great. So then what you do is you just start collecting a database and a library of all these tasks that you would outsource so that when the time comes and you find someone and they come into your presence, you can then outsource that. And really frankly, when I started doing this, and started doing screen flows about how to produce a podcast episode, that's when the person who is now working for me and that I outsource to, um, she just, she came up and she came into my presence and then now she does all the podcast editing and producing, which is amazing. And so it's great that I had 
those videos pre-recorded to show her immediately and say, hey, here's a library file um, that can show you how to produce the podcast episodes. And it was amazing. And she's like, this was so easy, like watching these videos. This was perfect. So starting to do those types of things to be able to give give yourself more time back. Um, Also take advantage of the time gaps. I know some of times we can find ourselves having 30 to 45 minute time gaps in between appointments or while we're waiting for somewhere, but take advantage of them and do tasks that maybe don't require a ton of energy, such as just getting things done quickly, checking email, making the phone calls, checking in with people, doing the things that you can easily cross off your list and get them done and that don't require a ton of mental energy. And so now we are winding down on how to create flow and focus in your business. This is one of the things that can, what I'm about to say can easily get pushed aside and, but is it's so important. And I don't do this every day, but I know the days that I do this, it is absolutely incredible how much more energy and awakeness that I have. And that is getting outside and getting fresh air. I know how easy it is to roll out of bed and get to work because trust me, living in a studio makes it so that my space is literally five feet away from my bed and I have to be consciously aware and force myself some days just to go downstairs, get outside, spend 10, 15 minutes taking a walk around the block, breathing in fresh air, then to come back up and then start my morning routine, which reading and journaling takes about 45 minutes for me to do that. Um, but sometimes it can be easy just to get ourselves going into the space of just diving into work. But getting outside, getting fresh air really helps us give more oxygen to our brain, which makes us more awake and more alert. And second to last thing is schedule time with your friends who feed your soul. And this is this looks like having incredible conversations about life in a no-judgment environment, not gossiping, not talking about things that you are upset about or that you're frustrated with. Well, not frustrated. It has like frustrated talking about frustrations is healthy in the manner that it's coming through to figure out maybe a plan or to vent a frustration in that moment and leaving it in that moment and then not carrying it through other conversations or not letting yourself muddle. Muddle? Is muddle a word? Like, being marinating yourself in that that space because as you grow as you go through and realize like how important your frequency and the level that you vibrate on you do not you you find yourself not wanting to consume yourself with things that are negative or toxic or gossiping because it will hold you back from moving forward and growing so finding those friends that you can have a glass of wine with or cup of tea or a cup of coffee that you can be open and honest with, that you can have fun with, that you can trust, and ones that push you and make you a better person. Okay, so the last one is to give yourself grace is how you help create flow and focus in your business because if you hold on to the things that maybe you believe that you didn't do appropriately or you could have done better, that's that's living in the past and we can't move forward if we're living in the past. We have to let go and give ourselves grace because no one is perfect. And this has been something that I've been working on. And I was talking to a close friend of mine about this and all of us 
listening to the podcast, I have no doubt that we're all go-getters. And as go-getters, we tend to take a ton of responsibility for our actions. And we're always striving to grow and move everything in our life forward so that when that moment comes and we feel like we're stuck or we've made a mistake, we can easily be hard on ourselves. Which, friend, let me tell you that this will serve no one. Not us, not the people we surround ourselves with, and not the people we do business with. Because if we can't give ourselves grace first, we cannot give others grace. And remember that no one is perfect and perfect does not exist. And we are all right where we need to be in our journey and living life with grace is way more enjoyable than if we don't. And by giving ourselves grace is the first step to really putting ourselves out there and growing in every way and being able to grow our business. I'll tell you that. I used to be hard, so hard on myself because I thought that was the way that it was supposed to be and that by being hard on myself is going to push me to be better next time. Not the case at all. When I started forgiving myself and giving myself grace and letting, and knowing that like, you know what? I'm not perfect. Maybe this, maybe I did something to upset someone. Maybe I didn't do something that was the right thing to do or in the case, not necessarily not the right thing to do, but I didn't do something that resulted in what I was looking for. And instead of being hard on myself, I said, you know what? It's okay. I need to learn and move on. And then also I found myself giving other people more grace, which then created this this cycle of abundance and gratitude and realizing, guess what? We're not all perfect. We're never going to be perfect because it doesn't exist. And by giving yourself grace in the journey, especially as an entrepreneur or moving through to launch your business, like you need to give yourself grace because you are doing something that is amazing and giving yourself grace ultimately helps create flow and focus in your business. So that concludes today's solo cast. I'm so, I just am filled with joy and gratitude for each and every one of you tuning in. Also, we still have, make sure you guys stay tuned because this is not the end of the episode. We are sitting down with Maria Bear, and she is going to tell you a little bit about herself and what she'll be talking about at the summit. And I cannot wait for that. Okay, friends. So today's for I had mini episodes, I guess you could say, but they are also attached to part of the six part solo cast series leading up to the She Did It Her Way Summit. And today I get to welcome on a familiar face if you guys have been following for a few years is Maria Bear and she is speaking at the conference on how to get your first customers especially in the early stages of business it's important to get customers because customers can help drive revenue and influence revenue so that you can keep your business afloat so yay it all comes together welcome back to the show Maria Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm so happy to be here again. Yeah, it's fun to have stayed in contact with you and you're local to Chicago. So I'm super excited. And you have tremendous experience coming from the sales world. So you're no stranger to that. Why don't you just uh, share with the listeners a little bit high level what it is you do now and then just share your background and we'll just talk a little bit more about what you're going to be covering at the summit. Sure. So I, my background is basically that I spent most of my career in sales and software sales. And so over about a 10 year period, I booked about $25 million worth of products and services. And I, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> so what I do now is I try to teach, um, entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs, how to book clients in a way that makes them feel good and not too salesy and, and cheesy, you know, like, like, um, and, and not feel bad about it. 
So um, I have a course called Irresistible Selling, which is something that um, teaches you how to book a client from the time that they come to you and inquire about your services and how to book them quickly and for more money than you're probably used to doing. So I think one thing that entrepreneurs do is they they undervalue themselves so I try to teach them how to value themselves correctly and how to communicate that value so that the client understands why they're worth what they charge and so they get it yeah and it's so important too because it like all funnels into you know what's your messaging how are you positioning the value of what you're driving so that people can see the value and they'll pay the dollar like the high dollar amount I always use like a workout facility what some of the workout facilities in Chicago are $225 a month and people pay that because they see the value in it and the community in it and really plays to those things that help drive um, the revenue and then also making sure that you're getting paid what you're worth and communicating that um Talk to us then about, so what are some of the things that you might cover or that, yeah, that you'll cover at the summit? What are you really looking to help the either aspiring entrepreneurs or the entrepreneurs who are within the first year of their business? Yeah, so I think one of the things I learned and and what I've learned also from just talking to a lot of my clients, because they range from all um, ends of the spectrum from being very new to business to being very established business owners. So I think one of the things that trip people up the most is in the beginning, they're like a deer in the headlights. They think they should be, you know, they're going in 50 different directions, you know, spending money on all kinds of different things for their business because they're new and they're not sure where to spend their money. But I feel like the most important thing you should be focusing on, especially in the beginning, is is getting those first few customers because that's going to pay and drive <laughs> all the funding for everything else that you want to spend in your business. So I think it's just one of the most important you know, fundamental things that you can learn in your business is how to really capture clients from an early stage, even when you're just starting out, even when you don't have a ton of experience, you know, there's customers for every price point. So I feel like you really need to learn how to do that and put an emphasis on learning how to sell in a way that makes you feel good so that you enjoy it. I don't want it to be something that you don't look forward to because so many business owners say, oh, I'm not a salesperson or I hate selling. And I don't want them to feel that way, right? So I feel like you can do that in a way that makes you feel good and not have to um, feel like you're selling yourself short. Mm -hmm. I, I totally share the sentiments of what you're just saying. I mean, a year ago, the thought of putting on a summit and giving it the price tag number of what it is, which is up until the end of September, it's 197 and you can bring a friend for $100. I probably would have cringed or been like, oh my gosh, I can't charge that. And it's it's incredible like over time and you start to see like it's an incredible lineup and then the value of what people are getting and investing in themselves and their business. Like I'm more confident chart like having that 197 be the number because I'm confident in the value that people will get in the product or in this case like the service exactly and that confidence is so important right and you you get that over time but there's ways that you can um kind of manufacture it sooner <laughs> so yeah to speak. So, 
So I want to share some really great ways, um, quick ways for you to get clients quickly um, without having to feel like you're selling your soul or begging for it. And, um, and also build that confidence level because that's going to be really important to help drive you further and to help you raise your prices. Because over time, I want you to raise your prices because you're going to become more experienced. You're going to be, you're going to um, have more more to offer somebody. So I want you to feel comfortable with that and confident in that. Mm-hmm. Can you give us just one little tip? Sure. Um, let's see. One little tip. One little tip I have for feeling confident is always going back to your past clients. I have all of my clients do this and I want them to do it on a regular basis because I feel like it is something that has so many benefits that it makes sense to do it all the time. But go back to your past clients that you've had and, 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 you know, invite them out for coffee or something, or if they're not local to you, you can have a Skype date or something like that, or even just a phone conversation. But it's really nice to go back to them and say, Hey, you know, I really loved working with you. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to ask you a couple of questions because I would love to have, if I could like make my own, you know, clients, I would want a thousand just like you. Right. And so you're complimenting them and you're making them feel good. But then you can sit and ask them, you know, tell me what I did that, you know, worked really well. And tell me some things that, you know, if you could do things differently, what would you do differently? Right. Or what should I be adding to my services that I that I haven't offered? I mean, there's a million questions that you can ask them, but basically just opening up a dialogue and getting a conversation about what you did that worked really well for them and how they felt about that. What's gonna what's gonna happen from that is you're gonna get so much great feedback, and if you can just um, learn from the beginning, like when I first started selling, my uh, my boss who was training me basically taught me the skills that I still use today. And when you don't know any better and you do these things from the from the beginning, you're not afraid to do them because <laughs> you don't know any better, right? Right. So when you when you start it from the beginning and you ask some of your past clients and you go back to them and you make this a regular practice, it's going to become so easy for you to do this. But it not only helps you, as I say, get on your dime faster, meaning really refine your offerings and make sure you understand what you do that makes you different. It'll it'll help you get that information much quicker if you're getting that feedback, right? If you're soliciting that mm-hmm. feedback. But the other benefit that I didn't actually anticipate when I first gave this assignment out to my clients was that they all came back and they said, Oh my God, I got such great feedback and I did things for them. I never really realized that I did. So it was a really good ego boost for them and it helped their confidence level tremendously. Even if the client had some constructive criticism to to share, so much of it was good that it really helped bolster their confidence level. And that's such an important part of selling. Is mm. that? Oh, yeah. I, I, well, and also being okay with a no. Mm-hmm. There's so much more that I'm sure we'll dive into at the summit too and talking about how to get over that and the fear that comes with the, re- the quote unquote rejection, but then how to move past that and continue moving forward. Okay. Well, Maria, I'm excited. I can't wait to see you speak. I know you spoke at another event that I hosted, but I didn't have a chance to sneak in and and see you there. But I've seen you like 
in your your element with sales at other like mini events too so i'm i know that the attendees will get so much value out of hearing you speak and i'm excited for that i'm super excited because this is such a fabulous time to reach people when they're just starting out and to give them a great foundation so i want to give them some tips so that they can walk away and literally book a client that week so i'm really excited to share that yay thank you so much Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week. <laughs>